Seventh season, the Lapped Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back, relax, and try not to get lapped. Now, here is your host, the Professor. Oh, what is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 314 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Hope you all had a great weekend. All right, so for those that listened last week, um, you knew my voice. I think you could tell my voice was not 100%. Uh, I think we're at like 85, 90. This is like the, I get laryngitis every once in a while. And on top of being sick, too, probably didn't help things. But I still cannot figure out why my voice going on two weeks now is still uh, not 100%. There is still a little squeak in there if you listen closely. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, here we are. And yeah, look at me with back-to-back shows for the first time in forever. Glad to be here. Weekend was definitely busy, though. Friday, uh, went to the Tigers game with some buddies, which was great. Haven't been to a Tigers game in forever. Used to go all the time when the Tigers were, like, good. Um and obviously way pre-old and, you know, 2011, 12, 13, 14, you know, we probably go to, you know, 20 baseball games this, uh, a summer. And this, like I said, it was well before COVID that I would have been down to a, uh, a Tigers game, but it was great to be downtown. Uh, it did rain a little bit, but we got it all in. They lost naturally, but uh, it was a good time. Uh, I, it did get me more amped up, though, to take Alden to his first Tigers game, though, because, you know, there's just something about dad taking his son to a ball game and, uh, you know, having, having that experience. So I am uber amped up to be able to do that uh, Saturday. Went to a little festival here with the neighbors. Sunday, took Alden to the zoo. Had a great time. And uh, I'm just trying to fast forward through the rest of this week because I've got next week off with the real job. Going to try to get some golf in. uh, Hang out. A little staycation which I'm very excited for, plus our annual 4th of July party. So uh, probably no show next week, uh, but definitely we'll be back after that. I've already got somebody lined up for the week after that. Uh, actually got, a, I, I think, the next couple of weeks after the 4th of July week uh, lined up with with some people, uh, which will be a good time. And I haven't even reached out to, like, Charles Crawl, uh, Dustin Albino's due for a, 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 a spot back on. So is Striegel. And yeah, so, you know, well, we'll, we will be here. That is uh, that's for sure. Hope you enjoyed last week's show with Chris Hacker Uh, coming up tonight. Up and coming um, racer from the, uh, you know, a couple of late model series down in South Carolina. Uh, Kate Brown is going to be on. you know, we got to talk about Nashville a little bit. I got some takes from you guys. Great response from my question that I put out there during the race, which was great. So excited to uh, to read and, and go through those. And yeah, so uh, without further ado, let's talk to Kate Brown for the first time on the Lap Traffic Podcast. 
All right, Lap Traffic Nation, joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show. He currently has been racing since the age of five. He's 17 now. He's been in carts, Bandolario, Legends, you name it, he's been in it. And he is definitely someone to keep your eyes on. Welcome to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Cade Brown. Cade, what's going on, man? What's up? Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, so, Kate, so for those uh, who maybe haven't heard the name Cade Brown before, uh, give the listeners a little insight on you and your racing background. Yes, sir. So this is my, I'm 17 years old. Um, been racing since I was five. I'm racing for Matt Piercy Racing and late model stocks um, across the Carolinas. Um, been racing at Hickory, Tri-County. We're heading to Florence next week, but it's my first year race with Matt Piercy Racing full time. Um, yes, yeah, so we're just we've been traveling around and seeing what we can do at um, all these short tracks around the Carolinas. That's awesome, man. Um, was the family in racing? What sparked your interest to uh, get you started at five years old? Yeah, so my dad used to race dirt bikes, um, and that's kind of like what we were sort of aiming for, like when I was little and he got in some bad wrecks and he broke his neck and he kind of got, um, he wasn't able to do that anymore. So he did not want me on anything with two wheels. So <laughs> he got me, he got me a go-kart. Um, and it was just, it just kind of went from there. We'd go to the track every weekend. Um, even if we weren't racing, we just go practice and play around. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how that started. So, you know, obviously there's different types of go-karts, you know, we've got electric carts, you know, that you can go and rent your bachelor party at and kind of race those kind, uh, you know, and obviously you're gas powered and, and all of that, you know, did you do different types of carts? What, uh, what'd you get started in? Yeah. So I started in a kid cart. They're just little weed eater motors. Um, I started in that when I was five, I raced it for two, three years. We raced all around Texas, um, went to a few nationals and um so i ran that for three years and once i turned seven i raced a mini rock it was a cadet car i, I think they're called mini swifts now i raced it for about half a season and i got in a bandolero car and that's when we started coming to the carolinas to race that's awesome where where'd you do the bandoleros at those things are cool like if i could fit my fat ass in one i'd love to go running around oh those things rig. are so much fun they're, they're just go carts with the roll cage but so I started, I started racing those, um, just around Texas. Um, and when I was nine, we went to Bandolero nationals in Atlanta and that was our first race. And we had been winning in Texas. And that's when we really realized like we needed to be on the East coast. Cause that's where all the competitions at. Cause that was, yeah, that was a big eye opener for us. So, um, from that point on, we started traveling, we would fly back and forth, um, a whole lot and just race as much as we could with the bandoleros and i turned 13 got a legend card just the same thing we'd fly up as much as we could and race we'd stay a few weeks over the summer and run the summer shootout um but we recently moved three years ago to denver north carolina so that, that makes it a lot easier to sure. go to the racetrack every weekend and just be more involved Absolutely. You know, it's funny, you know, most kids at five are doing T-ball, baseball. So how cool were you with your friends to be like, yeah, you go do that. I'm going to go, I'm going racing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It was definitely different. Just, nobody understands it. Nobody really understands it unless they're in it, but it was, it was definitely different. I loved it. That's awesome. Uh, late model. So obviously uh, I think some of the listeners obviously have 
been to a little bit more familiar late model racing, but even late models has some, uh, you know, different series, things like that. Um, are you running a series? Are you running multiple track late model competitions? Break down your late model. Yes, sir. So it's a late model stock car. Um, and so right now we're racing the NASCAR advanced auto parts weekly series. We're traveling around. So we're at, we've been running majority Hickory. We're at, um, we just won Saturday night at Tri-County this week and we're going to Florence. So we're just kind of hopping around, um, Carolinas and Virginia running the weekly series stuff. And we've run a few cars tour races. So it's the, um, same car, a little different roll package, like same motor, same shocks. So a few things that do a little different, but, um, that's a series we'll do some of, we ran a, the cars tour race at Hickory. And that's, that's really where, um, the car count is like, they have consistently at least 25 cars and it's just the top 15 can win every race. Um, so we're trying to pick up more on that, but right now it's mostly just hopping around with the weekly series stuff. Okay, cool. Um, you're, you mentioned you're with Matt Pierce racing, you know, how'd you, how'd you guys get connected and, you know, is he looking to expand the program with you? You know, what's, uh, what's that partnership like? Yeah. So I, um, when I started late models, I was with AK performance. I raced with them from the time I was in a bandolero to a late model. Um, and last year we won the Florence motor speedway track championship with AK performance. And this year, um, we decided to change things up. And so we started race with Matt Piercy racing and it is their, their operation just next level. Everywhere we go, we have just our race cars on rails and we know we have a shot at winning. Um, so yeah, I'm the only driver for Matt. Um, I go to the shop two, three times a week, just whatever we need, depending on if we tear anything up and just, um, help get the car ready to go out each weekend. Um, he has four cars, three that are built right now. One that, um, we're just now getting, but yeah, it's, he just, he wants to keep growing and, um, keep building off what he has. That's awesome. With these, um, weekly Reese's Reese's <laughs> races that you're, uh, going through competing in what's a, what's a typical race like, you know, for the NASCAR fans that maybe you're thinking Arca, maybe it's a hundred miles. Uh, maybe there's a pit stop or two, you know, what's a typical race for you guys? Yeah. So majority of our races this year have been twin forties. So we have two 40 lap features. So we'll qualify and the first race is straight up. And so say you win the first race, you draw out of a hat, either seven, eight or nine. And so they'll invert, sorry, eight, nine or 10. And so you'll either invert an eight or a nine or a 10. So the second race, if you win that one, you draw an eight, you start eighth and they just flip the top eight of the field. So that's, um, that's how they do those twin events. And I, th I really think that's what the fans like, even though, even though not all the drivers like it, you didn't put back and kind of put in binds. But, um, I think that's a really good show. Those second twins. And then the last three races, sorry, last two have been 75 lap features. We had an 111 lap feature the other week. Um, yeah, just really all over the place, but majority has been twin forties. That's cool. Um, what, uh, what's next on the list? Are you, you know, looking Arca, looking truck? What, uh, what are you thinking? Man, just really whatever I can get into, like whatever I get an opportunity in, I'm good with running. I just want to, 
I want to make it and I want to race as long as I can. So whatever opportunity comes, that's what I'm going to take. I would like to do ARCA truck, like just whatever I get my hands on. I hear that. What, uh, have you had any sponsors with you along the way? Yes, sir. So per your tank lines, um, they've been helping me the past two years. Damon Lusk with race city steel. He's been helping me out. He helps me out with the other sponsorship stuff. Also, um, Velasa, they came on board this year. Um, they're really, really big help. Um, yeah, they have some really cool, really cool products with all sorts of benefits. Um, Carolina driveline, um, affordable RVs. We had a bunch of people that have just came on board and helped us. Some that are long-term, some that just come on for a few races every year. Sure. As uh as a grassroots up and comer, you know, are you, are you the one making the calls and trying to find, you know, new deals for that kind of stuff or you got someone helping you with that? It's kind of it's kind of a group effort. Me, my dad and Damon Lusk, we all we all kind of sit down and communicate with each other and get all that stuff figured out. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what's the next race, Cade? Florence Motor Speedway um, this weekend, 101 laps. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one. That's a track I'm very familiar with and have a lot of success there. So um, I'm excited. It's our second time going back this year, so I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Uh, where can everybody follow you on social media? Yeah, so at Cade Brown Racing on all social platforms, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just all of that. Awesome. Well, we'll have this posted tonight and tag you throughout the week on social media. Uh, it was great to have you on and look forward to catching up with you down the road, hopefully talking about a uh, an ARCA victory and, you know, see what else you got going on. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, man. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Great to talk to Kate there. All right. Let's uh, let's talk a little Nashville here for for a few um, trucks. Carson Hosevar picked up the win. Uh, only three more races to go. Uh, not too much of a shake up there. I mean, it, it was I mean, I think it was a pretty good truck race. Uh, definitely had uh, had that on the DVR and picked up on that on uh, Saturday morning before uh, things got crazy with the weekend. Um, but you know, one one of the things I mean, you know, Ty Majeski finished in thirty first, very uncharacteristic. Uh, that definitely uh, stung uh, some people with with uh, the Lab Traffic Fantasy League. Um, you know, Haley Deegan finished what twenty eighth. I know she got into it. Uh, I think was it Colby Howard, so or Dean Thompson, Dean Thompson, and you know, just I am. My thoughts on Haley Deegan. I think she's great for the sport, and you know, here we are, a season and a half in, and and just haven't seen the results that I think everybody you know expected and and wanted to see. And I am I'm very curious to see what happens next year. Um, I I am a huge proponent that one more year of ARCA just would have done a world of difference, and we could have potentially be talking about some top tens and fifteens. Uh, you know, with her sophomore year. But, hey, there is the sophomore slump, right? Um, you know, I think it's great for her to be in the sport and, it, you know, hope that she does well. Hope that there can be that competitive female that can that can step in and, and go out there and, and, and run with the boys and, you know, give – 
give the the female fans, the female go karts, the female late model racers, you know, something to continue to to shoot and strive for there. Uh, Maddie D with an, uh, another top ten finish, solid finish from him. Tyler Ankrum with a top ten. I mean, that's a team that has been struggling left and right i mean that's somebody as well you know we talk about that win he had a couple years ago at kansas made the playoffs and we've just been we've been waiting waiting for that that next breakthrough moment for for him he's very talented he can do it uh you know tory racing is is known for winning you know they they are they, they put everything behind that one team and um, you know, I I hope we still might see something out of Tyler Ankrum before the year said and done. Um, you know, some of the the regulars, you know, Grant Enfinger, who's been on a tear lately, he even struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, so Carson, you know, we expect him up there. Zane Smith, uh, Corey Heim, you know, one, two, and four there. Nick Sanchez, he's he's been doing pretty well as well. Uh, and for a rookie as as well, and he is, um, you know, he's in the top ten. He's on that cut line right now uh, with three races to go. So that's the crazy thing: three more races. Uh, Stuart Friesen's out. Tanner Gray's out. Chase Purdy's out. Uh, Tyler Ankrum out. You know, and when we look at where these last three truck races are: Mid Ohio, Pocono, and Richmond. Um, you know. I think we'll know what we'll get out of Mid-Ohio and Richmond. Uh, you know, Pocono maybe could be a dark horse for somebody to possibly win their way in. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, they're off this week. The trucks are not going to, to the Chicago street course. So they will be at Mid-Ohio after the 4th of July weekend. And... Uh, July 8th. There we go. Okay, Xfinity Series. A.J. Allmendinger picking up the win, uh, obviously running full-time cup, so that doesn't uh, help him or anybody else for that matter other than just some stats. Uh, definitely some shade thrown at A.J. Allmendinger. Uh, I believe the phrase was cheated up parts or something to that effect. Um and that's uh, that. That's strong words there. That was I was surprised to hear that, uh, especially with you know uh, AJ being the great guy that he is. So I, I was surprised to uh, to hear that there. Um, again, we we had some regulars not uh, favoring too well. Ty Gibbs finished thirty seventh. Sammy Smith finished 34th uh and i went on at length last week on my takes on the current standings on the xfinity series so i will not bore you all with that this week uh but we'll look at the cup series here ross chastain finally picking up that win he's you know uh pissed a lot of people off uh for for spots on the track uh, and you would think with as much as he has done that, we may be talking about his second, third, or even fourth win maybe here. But no, we are talking about his first win of 2023. Um, Blaney, man, what a hard hit there. Um, you know, they talked about it on the broadcast. It was, you know, going through on Twitter during the race. You don't typically hear about non-safer barrier walls at tracks. There's just not that many. If there are, uh, the odds of, of, you know, someone finding it are slim to none. Uh, but uh, Blaney, Blaney called those odds and, and found it. And, man, what a hard hit. 
you know, called for help, thankfully was able to get out on his own uh, and, and was able to uh, be released from the care center without any issues. I'm sure he's probably got a headache this morning, uh, but uh, hopefully no, no long-term issues or anything like that that'll keep him out of the car or anything like that. Um, you know, I think we may could have talked, been talking about a Tyler Reddick win. Uh, he had a, a very fast car, very dominant car. Uh, but that spin and losing the tire, uh, which was an issue there during the race, you know, what penalty to assess there, uh, you know, and that was just uh, pretty difficult to recover from there. So we are not talking about a Tyler Reddick win. Instead, we're talking about a... Uh, you know, a, a not so great finish and uh, a, a Ross Chastain win. Um, Kevin Harvick, nowhere to be found. You know, we're, we're closing in here on, you know, over. Well, we're over halfway through the regular season as far as the regular season goes. And, you know, last year really wanted him to be able to go out there personally. Right. I'm talking as as the fan and, uh, you know, pick up a couple wins, make some noise, make people be like, dude, come back one more year. Uh, and just just nowhere to be found. And, uh, the you know, hey, we're, we're headed to Michigan in about a month. And uh, that that maybe that's where he gets it going again, like he did last year and won back to back races. So uh, we'll we'll see there. Not I mean, it was an OK race, in my opinion. Um, you know, nothing too crazy. Good. Nothing too crazy. Bad. Uh, just not a lot of movement. You know, seven out of the top ten finished in the top 10 for both stages you know so you know track position wasn't you know once you're up there you're you were able to maintain it and um you know there wasn't any real crazy pit strategy no fuel mileage you know there wasn't anything that you know played huge roles or factors uh so yeah so that's that's what we have now the question that I have for you guys, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, just the the Chicago uh, street uh, race that we're going to have, course, race, track, whatever. Um, and my question was, I did not realize uh, that it was a, a night race. I went to go turn on the race, you know, around 3 o'clock or so uh, yesterday afternoon, and I'm like, oh, oh. Uh, did, did I miss something here? And then I, I keep scrolling down and I say, oh, okay, it's it's a night race. And I'm like, wow, Sunday night, night race. No holiday on Monday. Okay, that's, you know, uh, I'll take it. I ain't going to complain about it. I've got some thoughts, which I'll get to in a minute. But I was curious just because it's definitely not uh, the ordinary unless it is, you know, uh, Labor Day, Memorial Day. Uh, weekends that we typically get the Sunday scheduled Sunday night race. You know, rain may push us to one, but an actual scheduled Sunday night race. And so uh, I wanted your guys' thoughts on what you guys think on a Sunday night race scheduled uh, when it's not a holiday on Monday. So let's get uh, a ton of responses. So bear with me here. Uh, I want to get in as many as I can. Because I thought it was absolutely fantastic, the, the, some of the responses here. So, uh, Chris at USMC underscore NASCAR Fire, uh, better than no racing. Mick at GoDucks5 underscore Mick, uh, doesn't matter to me. Sunday night football is a thing, so it isn't a new concept. Mick, I am, I am with you, and that is going to somewhat tie into uh, my thoughts here in a minute. Uh, Matt at Milestones Motor. I like it. Got the brakes done on my truck with the Phillies, IMSA on in the background. Then cleaned up, made dinner. Now can watch the race. I love it. Nate at Titans Fan underscore 13. I don't love it, especially as someone who has to get up at 4 a.m. Eastern time. 
if it goes any type of uh, uh, long race, I have to choose between watching the finish or getting enough sleep. I hear that argument as well. Uh, Sammy at uh, SSINCA13, I don't mind a night race. If there was actual racing so far, all I see is a bunch of cars spread out going in a circle. Well, you know, I mean, that is a whole nother conversation to have, Sammy. Uh, Chris at Auburn Red Wing, I love it. With no Sunday night football, NASCAR should try to have as many late Sunday afternoon starts as possible. Uh, Mark at uh, searching for driver. Well, the dogs like to go. Or the dog likes to go on her long walk at eight o'clock. So I hate all night races. I love it. Uh, Chip at Chip Hirsch. Love Saturday night racing, but I work, and this old man can't stay up very late anymore for Sunday night races. I hear that. Uh, Alice at Mad Ann Flint. Don't like it. Got to be up at four thirty. Probably won't make it through the whole race. Uh, Chris at C underscore Keeler. I'm on the West Coast. I love it. I'm not a big fan of races starting at noon. Chris, you know, I'm going to venture off here. You know, we got to show our West Coast fans some love in that they, you know, have to plan around some very early starts sometimes, especially when it is on the West Coast. So, uh, Chris, I I totally feel you there. Uh, Joe at Joel Nolf. Uh, don't like it. Have to wake up at 4 a.m. during the week, and I drink way too much. Monday will be rough. LOL. I love it, Joe. Uh, Joey at Betting Underdog. I personally love it. Gives me time to get everything I need to get done during the day. Relax with some cold ones. Enjoy the race once it's all finished. Love it. Uh, Matt at CH9SE Fan. What about SRX on Thursday nights? I know it's a shorter race, but I hear that. And, man, can I, I can't wait for SRX at Berlin. Mm, counting it down. Andrew at Racing Cants kind of feel like I've been waiting all day for NASCAR. I'm watching no matter what, though. The IMSA six hours at the Glen Hell make the day go quicker. Uh, Pappy Wilk at uh, WV underscore Wilk. Hate it, but I'm over 50. And Rich Race has started at 1.30 on Sunday with the occasional Saturday nights under the lights. Dude, I am with you on the 1.30 starts. Could we please go back to that? Oh, I, I, I get behind some 1.30 starts. Uh, Colin at Colin underscore with underscore cars. Eh, I like night races, but usually my better half wants the TV after the kiddos hit the hay. Uh, I can take it or leave it. Scott at 1985 Wagner. Busy weekend for me, so it works great. I know the next few are later, which gives the opportunity to do some things on Sundays. Not so rushed to watch the race. Time will tell. And the last one, Shelly at Happy Shell for Life. Not really liking it. For the people that have to get up and go to work uh, at midnight, it doesn't work out. Rather have a Saturday night race anytime. All right. Thank you again, guys, for all of the great responses there. I love it. So here's my thought. Uh, To do a Sunday night race, uh, aside from the timing piece, um, it has to be the right track. Brandon, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, uh, like some people said, you know, we have Sunday night football. We got Monday night football. So it, it very well, you know, great for us at home. Uh, you know, like a lot of people said, hey, I was able to get stuff done, be with the fam, do stuff, and then sit down and, uh, you know, decompress, relax, watch the race, and be good to go and not necessarily have to carve out specific time on an afternoon, you know, depending on how big of a diehard you are, all that kind of stuff. Um, So what I mean by that, you know, it's got to be the right track to where fans can have an easier time to be able to get in, out, and home um, for those that are traveling just for that Sunday race. 
So a place like Michigan or a place that's in the middle of nowhere where people can't get home to where it's a 90-minute, two-hour, three-hour drive without traffic, those are the tracks that would struggle, I think, to do a Sunday night race. Because, again, while it may be great for us at home, the track still needs to bring people in and needs to have that draw. You know, So it has to be that right track to where it's closer to uh, civilization, if you will. So Nashville. 40 minutes, you know, really from the downtown Nashville area, you know, so it's it's not that far out. Richmond, Richmond's a great track that could do it. That you know, it's it's close enough to where people don't have to commit extra hours to their drive on top of however long it may take to get out. So that's what I mean by it needs to be the right track for me. <clears throat> I, I don't mind it. I like it. Um, I, I, you know, like a lot of people said, I, I can't wait for Sunday night football. It's probably one of the better parts of Sunday during the fall and, and the winter is Sunday night football. You get everything done. You can chill, sit, watch it. And, 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 you know, whether it's a quarter, half, whatever, um, but again, I also get it for the people that, you know, have to work. You know, it's not a team that rotates it every once in a while, uh, you know, like a football schedule. You know, it's the race. If you want to watch it, you're watching it. Um, so I, I totally get all points there. But I circle back to say if we're going to do it, it has it would only be feasible at certain tracks. Uh, and that's that's what I uh, that's what I got there for you. All right, got to talk real quick about the Chicago street course. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, it's different. Uh, you know, we keep talking about things that are different and seeing if they work because why not? It is going to be a 2.2-mile track uh, that's going to go through the streets of Chicago. You know, Chicagoland, I was so sad to see Chicagoland go because probably the last five years, maybe seven, depending on, uh, you know, your take, put on some great races. Chicago, I think, can be a great area for race. I mean, granted, you know, it was about an hour away from downtown Chicago, uh, where Chicagoland was. Um, but I'm very curious to see what this does, how it draws from an attendance perspective, uh, as well as the actual racing itself. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, Indy did the road course here in downtown Detroit, and it was awesome. I didn't go, uh, but I did watch it, and I know some people that did go, and it was a fantastic time downtown for the people that did go. Uh, it was able to highlight the city. Uh, the, the design was perfect. Like, I mean, it really highlighted some awesome parts of downtown Detroit, which I think was great. So uh, I am I'm very excited to see what it is. And if it's great racing, then awesome. Let's let's have some great racing, because I know there's been a lot of criticism uh, so far this year in terms of the racing. And again, I think I talked about this at length a little bit last week, too, you know, in terms of the package that we have. You know, we could have better racing at these tracks that we're very used to having decent racing or good racing at. And, you know, that is, the, you know, that's something that you can't hold the track accountable to because it's not the track's fault. Uh, I'll use Bristol, for example. I think that's what I was talking about last week in terms of, you know, Bristol's probably, or they said, you know, not going to have that dirt race next year. Does Bristol get two, two track, two races still? And, you know, race, Bristol hasn't 
packed 150,000 people in there in a very long time. None of the right tracks really have have sold out on a consistent basis. You know, Daytona might be a sellout. Uh, some some of the infields might be sellouts. Uh, Phoenix will sell out the grandstand, but you know. We're talking a lot less capacity than what some of these bigger tracks have, you know. Um, I, I will, I would uh, say that it's not Bristol's fault in terms of the racing that we've had there the last few years. One, because of the dirt in the spring, and two, the package that we've had just isn't giving us the racing that we want to see at a short track. You know, we've got a bunch of short tracks, we've got a bunch of road courses, and we know those types of tracks can deliver, and it's just waiting on this car package to change a little bit. So uh, I'm excited, curious to see what it is, and uh, excited to come back here in a couple weeks and and talk about it. So, okay, uh, let's do a little lap traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. If you've made it this far you into the me. show, please leave a review. Tell your friends all of that good stuff. Uh, would love to hear from some new people. Heard from some new people on the uh, uh, for the listeners take there a little bit ago, which was awesome. Um, I still have a giveaway going on. As soon as I hit seventy one hundred followers, have lost a few, so we got about a hundred and twenty to go. Uh, but I've got an awesome NBC and lap traffic prize pack. Might have some new uh, NBC stuff coming down the road, so be on the lookout for that. Don't forget, I've got free stickers and koozies for anybody that wants one. Uh, DM me, shoot me a message, shoot me an email, fill out the contact page on the website. Uh, just get a hold of me. I am happy to send one uh, out to you. So there we have that. Uh, unfortunately, was not able to... Uh, find anybody that went to nashville to be able to have them on for a catching up with lapped traffic fantasies uh or segment fantasy so with that said let's do and close this thing out with some lap traffic fantasy just a reminder get your picks in by five o'clock eastern standard time this thursday check the website the lap traffic podcast.com slash fantasy to see if you or who you have still available use the twitter interaction <laughs> Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LT Fantasy. There we go. I got you. Uh, reached out to a couple people, some of our weak highs from last week. Um, I think week high was 144 points by two people. Someone had 142, uh, but didn't hear back from anybody to uh, have them on the show, unfortunately. Uh, my picks of Larson, John Hunter Nemechek, and Zane Smith got me 125. I'll take. That's a solid day for the... Uh, good old lap traffic podcast in their own fantasy league there i will take that for sure um here are the standings uh for segment two top 10 uh dan sherwood in first with 466 michael nebbia in second one point back 465 michael mason third 457 Kristen hogland in fourth 452 kirk brockman in fifth with 450 the doctor aaron studwell in sixth with 443 yours truly in seventh with 438 mick rose in eighth with 436 mark luddington in ninth with 434 and matthew kendrick wraps out the top 10 with 430 just as an fyi 11th place is only one point back um okay Let's do the cumulative standings uh, currently in first, back up to first after uh, I think he was out for a week or two, but he's made his way back to first. Uh, it's Andrew Yu. We got Henry Fletcher in second. 
with uh, one. Or sorry, Andrews got sixteen forty. Uh, Henry Fletcher in second, one point back, sixteen thirty nine. Benton Wilson in third with sixteen oh seven. John Atwinsell in fourth, fifteen ninety four. Jonathan Lilly in fifth, fifteen seventy one. Michael Nebbia in sixth, fifteen forty eight. Gr Davidson seventh, fifteen forty four. Uh, Dan Sherwood in eighth, fifteen forty three. Scott Boys in ninth, fifteen forty one. Yours truly in tenth, fifteen thirty eight. Kevin Hahn in eleventh, fifteen thirty two. Two way tie for twelfth with Mick Rose and Stephen DFS NASCAR guy, fifteen twenty three. Kristen Hoglin in 13th with 15.12. Matt Dabrowski, 14th, 15.10. Jumpy Bob in 15th with 15.09. And Jeremy Waterbury with 15.07. Bonus points. Andrew Ewan first with 10. GR Davidson, Lisa Chanana, Matthew Kendrick, Pete Kervin all have seven. About 10 people have six. A bunch of people have five. And on down from there. Okay. Let's do some picks. Uh, we are headed to the much-anticipated Chicago street course. Um, obviously, no trends to go over, but we can probably expect some of our uh, road course ringers to be up in the mix. Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., A.J. Allmendinger, Denny Hamlin. Uh, but with this being a new track, new course, uh, who knows what might happen? There are zero notebooks on this one. So I would say anything is possible. Again, the trucks are off for a couple weeks. Uh, so I'm going to make it real, real simple because I'm assuming A.J. Allmendinger is is running. If not, uh, I will obviously make a different selection. But I'm going Dinger and Dinger. A lot of people have done that in the past, and it has uh, worked out on more than one occasion. So uh, there you have it. That's who I've got. Don't forget to get your picks in. And all right. That is going to do it for episode 314 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. Huge thanks to Cade Brown for calling into the show. We've got some stuff lined up for you here after next week's 4th of July holiday. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lap Traffic Podcast. See ya.